Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back. And today I'm going to be talking about something that is very common to all of us and really has a disabling power over us if we engage in it. And that is regret. So what is regret? It's sadness, it's disappointment over something that happened in the past, over something we did or maybe left undone that we should have done, said, um, or didn't say that we should have said. It's a remorse that we feel. And I don't think there's anyone that could possibly say they have no regrets. Um, regret may seem like a very reasonable thing but it actually is not uh, when we consider the remedy, which we will, because it disturbs our emotions. It's like a, a fog or a cloud over us, and it, it just keeps us in a constant state of self-reproach <clears throat> and disquiet in our soul. Our conscience kind of stays revved up, and uh, it keeps us punishing ourselves. It's actually a form of self-punishment. It can paralyze our hopes for the future because we're really held back by the past and that will stop our joyous expectation of good things from the Lord, which is really a good definition of hope. So it can cause us to languish and not move forward, not move on in our destiny and um, just keeping us locked in the past. And um, regret really keeps us from receiving the forgiveness God so freely offers in the cross and really taking that in and walking in freedom. Pastor Brian Houston said, we're so filled with our own wrongness at times that we're not filled with his rightness. It's only by his righteousness that we live. So a few years back, the Lord showed me a picture, you know, just kind of a moving picture in my own imagination. And I was in an old 50s car, the kind with the big fins, like a Chevy Bel Air or something. So I was a child in the 50s. So I'm in this car and I'm driving down a black top road in the country. And I look ahead and I see a wooden barrier, the kind that's painted yellow that stops you from going any further. And I was very curious and I asked the Lord, you know, what are you showing me here? And he said, Barbara, every time you get in that old car, uh, past memories where you're uh, regretting and remembering in that particular way, it's always gonna be a dead end. And that has really stuck with me, that picture. It's helped me to turn around and not go down that road because the implication is you can stop doing this. You don't have to drive that way. God invites us to name him as Redeemer. And if we name him as Redeemer, we believe in his redemption, that he makes all things new, that he takes the past and he knows how to bring beauty out of ashes. And that's his invitation to us to come and believe him. We really are his masterpiece. We're to live for his glory. And it, he won't withhold his forgiveness and restoration. And we won't become a masterpiece without his forgiveness and restoration. 
If we don't see him as redeemer, we keep making our own efforts to somehow cover the past, make it better, make ourselves a more acceptable person, none of which helps and none of which we have to do. But if we know him as redeemer, we can freely come to him and receive his love and forgiveness and trust that every broken place in us can be overcome by his redeeming power. The other thing about regret is it doesn't have to define us. It does not have to tell us what our identity is based on what we've done or not done in the past. That's uh, that's an identity based in brokenness. Our identity is in Christ. Jacques Philippe wrote, It is necessary that we know how to distinguish true repentance and desire to correct our faults from a false repentance, from that remorse that troubles, discourages, and paralyzes. Not all of the reproaches that come to our conscience are inspired by the Holy Spirit. That is so true. Some are inspired by pride. Some are inspired by our own self-righteousness. And we need to recognize where our conscience is overactive, where it's just sort of trying to consume us and too scrupulous so that we can say, no, I bring this to the cross and then say, now it is forgiven and I'm free. Alicia Britt Sholey wrote that regret is a sickly substance. I kind of like that that can steal our strength. Regret empties anticipation, flattens dreams, suffocates hopes, because regret is a form of self-punishment. Indeed, it is. Whereas hindsight helps us learn from the past, regret beats us up with the past. So there is a big difference between extracting wisdom from our past experiences and continuing to live in a form of suffocation from them. There is just nothing positive about regret. It's always going to be a dead end and it is not the same as true repentance. So one of the scriptures I really like concerning this is 2 Corinthians seven ten. And Paul wrote, godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But, and he contrasts it now, the sorrow of the world produces regret. So there's a godly sorrow, and then there's just this remorse. And uh, when I read that scripture, I always think of Judas and Peter. So uh, on the last night, uh, as they were taking Jesus to be crucified, we find that Judas is the one who betrayed him. But then we also see Peter, who has his own form of betrayal, because three times he denies him. Now, one of them has godly sorrow and one has remorse. Judas has so much remorse and no remedy that he goes and hangs himself. Peter repents. He stays with the Lord. He's a believer. And he becomes one of the great apostles. He writes two books of the New Testament. His shadow falls on people and they're healed. And so his ashes are turned to beauty and we see the Lord redeeming that and freeing him. And then down in verse 11, Paul wrote, see what this godly sorrow has produced in you. Godly sorrow should produce the fruit of repentance and then freedom. But we have to receive God's forgiveness and very importantly, 
receive uh, forgiveness and forgive ourselves as part of that. Elizabeth Googe wrote, there is no one harder to forgive than oneself. Remorse is a sin that rots away the very vitals of the soul. Now there's a picture. And we know well the price of a soul to God. Jesus suffered for us in our place. He took our shame. He takes our regret and we are cleansed and we can walk away free because repentance has so much power. It can break that lock that regret has had on us and lead us right into the grace of God. Because if we don't, our mind stays tortured and we just you know, sort of keep wishing in this introspective thing we do. Oh, if only I had. Oh, I shouldn't have said. Oh, it could have been different. And it just plays with our mind. And there's uh, there's no power for us to live in a godly way. It has power over us. And it can't construct anything vital. In fact, it gobbles up our vitality. It may be based in some past reality but it still doesn't construct anything good. So we have to learn to take our thoughts captive. We have to learn to arrest regret and remorse when it comes up. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us recognize when we're doing that. Um, we can be filled with regret and be filled with the Spirit at the same time. We can't hold those two. We want to be filled with the fullness of Jesus. And we're going to have to uh, take responsibility to gird up our minds and to really uh, recognize what's messing with us because we have power to do something about it. And if we don't, it's going to affect the way we see. It's going to distort things for us and keep us in that introspective loop. Regret just keeps looking back and drawing the negative from the past. But Paul in Philippians, Philippians 3 talked about uh, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward. And uh, Paul had quite a bit to forget. He had uh, been responsible for great persecution of the Christians. He was a rather arrogant Jew. And uh, the, the Lord saved him by grace gloriously. But he says, we press forward. And when we press into something, we're going to encounter resistance, right? And that resist, we're going to have to resist regret itself. We, we push back. We say, no, this isn't mine. I'm not a container for it. Um, I'm going to forget. So this has no power over me now. I won't keep digging it up. And that's a very intentional thing to forget in that way. It doesn't mean we'll never remember it. It means we render powerless what has once had power over us to so torment us. He has said, as far as the east is from the west, so far is our sin removed from us. And we have to receive that. I think sometimes, you know, regret can be so self-punishing. And it's our tool to keep ourselves in line. I think also sometimes we think of it as God's tool to keep us in line. It is not God's tool and self-punishment and believing that way about our Father never helps us. Jesus took our punishment on the cross and we don't have to beat ourselves up over what was and, and, and then just stay in that self-pity that sabotages our future. We're actually disabling God's work in us. He wants to bring 
glory to his name. So we can break the power of ungodly sorrow and live in the power of godly sorrow. When it comes to mistakes, if we can, we need to fix them. We need to fix them with the people we may be involved in or whatever it was. If there's a way that we can remedy it, we need to do that. We need to step forward and say, you know, there's some consequences. I'm going to take care of this. But where and then make peace. And where we can't fix it, we make peace with the Lord and ourselves, and we move on. The most important thing is to press forward. It's to move on. And that's what regret keeps us from doing. So our remedy is we bring all our regrets to the cross. And I would suggest, you know, just have a session with the Lord where you sit down and you write them out. It may even bring up some anger and grief. And that means those things need to come up. Um, we gain wisdom from our past mistakes. And um, there is often within this gifts like that if we'll take them. And then we face forward with great confidence. You're my father. You bring me good things and you give me the ability to forget the past and bring beauty for ashes. So in closing, I would like to read you, I'm not gonna sing it, I'm gonna read you the lyrics, part of the lyrics of an elevation song called, Oh Come to the Altar. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? We can leave the regrets and mistakes at the altar. He takes them up into himself on the cross and we can walk free. We really can. So uh, I bless you today. I ask the Lord to strengthen you with great grace to really face this head on. Come to him with the regrets. Come and just clear the board. You know, that divine eraser where you've written them out and the Lord says forgiven and done and you move forward. That's the important thing. You keep moving forward as he strengthens you. So thank you for being with me today. I hope you'll join me again.